connected, I want you to think about what you just sang and the reality of what is really taking place this week with that, uh, whatever you want to call it, coming in. What do we call it? The eclipse. <laughs> All right. Listen, here, here's, here's the thought process on that. As you, as you watch that eclipse come in, I want to encourage you to think about what is taking place, what we just saying, that, that all the earth will shout your name. And the reality is, uh, according to Scripture, it says that everything, all of creation, will proclaim the goodness and majesty of God in that. So in the midst of watching the eclipse, I just want you to kind of maybe wrap your mind around the very God who holds your life in his hands is the very God who's caused that because he spoke it into existence. The very God that sent his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for you is the very God who cause, causes that eclipse to proclaim his glory and his majesty. All creation will shout your name. And the reality is every time you go out in creation, if you're not a person who's into nature, maybe you're, you're, you're not that type of individual, but when I get out am- amongst creation, I get to, to literally cry out and hear God speak to me through his creation. That's the beauty of everything that goes on. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to be wrapping up over the next couple weeks um, our Joyride series. And I want to encourage you as you do that, as you think about this, I'm going to kind of piggyback off what Matt spoke on just a, a, a couple weeks ago, but then I'm going to go a step further. So Philippians chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 6, and we're going to go to verse 9 because I want to kind of put a thought together as I was going through this. But I want to ask you this question. What is it that causes you to worry? Or what does worry do to you? I mean, the reality of what oftentimes ends up happening in our lives is worry bears its burden on us because we worry about things we in all honesty have no control over. I mean, the reality even of what's taken place over the last week is something that all of us would sit back and go, I have no control over this. You may be a person who's come in and you're like, I don't understand the racism side. I don't understand the violence side. I don't understand any of it, but I have no control over it. And the reality is we don't. I can't control the thoughts or the, 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 the hatred of one side, and I can't control the actions of another side. You can't do it, can you? And so it causes this worry, this anxiety, and then as a result of that, we start to worry about everything else. Well, is this the way the world really is? Do people really honestly line up with these types of beliefs? And what I want to challenge you and, and let you think about is even the reality of this. I think a lot of times the shocking is what gets proclaimed. I mean, the reality is that's what's taking place, especially in news. It's what's shocking. So you get the far right or you get the far left, and somewhere in the middle there's like 90% of America. But who gets the news? Who gets portrayed? And, and I mean, even watch the, if you watch the national news, I love on Friday nights, and I can't remember what it is. I think it's on the road. But on Friday nights, I watch CBS News. On Friday nights, they do this thing on the road. And it's always like some encouraging, awesome story. And it's how they wrap up the week. But the problem is it's like two and a half minutes of encouragement, and the whole rest of the week is what's going on with all the bad stuff in life. And what ends up happening is when you consume those things constantly in your life, you take in worry, you take in anxiety, you take in everything that is going on around you and you start to let it infiltrate your heart. And when that happens, we begin to realize how out of control things are and we start to worry because we can't control it. 
And I think Paul was getting to that situation in Philippians chapter 4, and he wanted the people of the church of Philippi to understand, look, you can't control everything. And so there's a way you go about doing it. See, the definition of worry, according to the dictionary, is to give way to anxiety or unease, to allow one's mind to dwell on difficulties or troubles. As a matter of fact, as we jump in and read, worry is actually the Greek word translated, or in the Greek is translated as anxious. And in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, it means to be literally pulled in different directions. In my mind, from a movie standpoint, if you remember the old cowboy movies where they would like tie a horse to a dude's arms, you know, and legs, and they would... You know what I'm talking about, right? It's, it's the idea. Worry does that. It pulls you in different directions. Why? Because your heart says one thing, but inside you're feeling another thing. Worry causes those types of situations. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 6. We're going to read through verse 9. Listen to what he says. He says, do not be, listen to this, do not be what? Anxious. Don't worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding listen to what he says will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus the peace of God is literally the guard that protects against worry and anxiety and all of those things the peace of God is what will guard your heart and mind And then he goes into verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Listen, notice that thing. He says that the that, that, that peace of God, which transcends all understandings, will guard your hearts and minds. And then listen to what he says to wrap it up. And the God of peace will be with you. So the peace of God is given to you to guard your heart and mind. And the God of peace will be with you. In the midst of everything that goes on, the peace of God will guard your heart. The God of peace will be with you. In the midst of what's going on, we have to begin to understand that we have to have a fixed mind on what God says is right. The old English word we said, or, or the, 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 the word in Greek carries over to anxious, but listen to this. The old English root of the word worry means to strangle. And if you know, or if you've ever been in a worrisome situation, you know exactly how worry and anxiety can strangle you. It will cut the life off from you. You will begin to worry about anything and everything. And when those worries creep in, you begin to be frozen in fear and it starts to strangle you. It cuts off the life of your, or or, or the blood flow to your brain. It cuts off your life. As a matter of fact, there's a quote by a guy named Leo, and I hope I pronounce this right, Buscaglia. All right, if you're Italian, sorry, but I'm assuming that's what this is. But he says, worry never robs tomorrow of its sorrow. It only saps today of its joy. Worry never robs tomorrow of its sorrow. It only saps today of its joy. See, worry is the greatest thief of joy. And if you know anything about what we've talked about, we talked about going on this joy ride. Paul talks about it consistently. He says it over and over and over again. Joy, joy, rejoice, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll, I'll say it again. As a matter of fact, he's going to come up and do that again here soon. He says it in verse 4, and then he is going to wrap up with it later on in chapter 
for, but I want you to think about that. Worry is the greatest thief of joy. And from the spiritual point of view, worry is wrong thinking. In other words, my mind is thinking on the wrong things, and it's the wrong feeling that my heart is worried about the circumstances or the people or the things I can't control. And wrong thinking leads to wrong feeling. When I think wrong, I will feel wrong. And before long, the heart and mind are pulled apart. They are strangled by the worry that has taken place in our life. And so as you think about that, I want to read a verse to you very simply. It's 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. And in it it says this, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. One of the things I saw yesterday, and I don't know if you saw much about this. I don't know. You'd have to read a little bit more on the story, but there, this picture has gone viral. There are some guys who were, uh, I, I guess this is taking place around the United States. There are guys who are basically standing up. They're not standing for one group or another, but they're standing up in front of the monuments right now, and they're telling people, just calm down, hold your horses. And yesterday there was a gentleman that was standing there, and apparently this African-American lady was standing off the side, and she was really worried. And I read this story just last night. She was really worried about what was going on. And, and he's like, look, I'm not, I'm not against you. I, I, I don't hate you. And he comes out and he gave her a hug. And he's like, I would not, I don't hate you. I want you to understand, we're trying to calm the situation down on both sides. And they're talking about how this, I mean, this girl's crying and he's just standing there holding her in his arms. And what I want you to understand is this. In the midst of everything that goes on, there is no fear in love. Why? Because perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And a lot of times our fear robs us of any hope in the future and it replaces it with punishment because we think about this. If this happens, then something bad's going to happen. Or if I make this decision, then something else bad is going to happen. And what we end up doing is allowing fear to dictate what's going to go on rather than pray about it. We allow worry to lead to fear, and once that fear is kicked over, we let it freeze us in our tracks. But remember, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, and that's the reality of what Jesus offers. Jesus says, I offer you love. I offer you this life that I offer. I I have this perfect love that I offer where there is no fear. I don't have to fear And so that's why Paul writes out, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, fear robs us of any hope in the future and replaces with punishment. And while we've said that, I want you to think about this, because you're going to get hurt. You're going to suffer. It's going to go bad for me. That's the mentality that runs through our mind. And this is something that a lot of times a lot of us struggle with. We struggle with this idea, if I make the wrong decision, it's going to go bad. I'm going to have a lot of problems. And worry brings about a lack of peace. But listen, and if you remember anything, I want you to remember this. This is our key point, our key thought for today. God's peace, not my perception, will guard my heart and my mind. God's peace, not my perception, 
What I want you to see is our perception has a lot to do with what we worry about, what we fear over, what we get anxiety over, but that doesn't lead us to God's peace because a lot of times our perception is wrong, right? Our perception is based upon looks. Our perception is based upon things like that when the reality is our perception may lead us in the wrong direction. God's peace, not my perception, will guard my heart and my mind. The peace of God is what will do it. Not what you think. Not your perception of the situation you're in. Not the perception of the situation you could be in. None of that. The peace of God will guard your heart and mind. And so here's the question. If we're to conquer worry and fear and experience a secure mind and a secure heart, we have to listen to God's answer. So what is God's answer for my anxiety? What is God's answer for my worry? And I believe it comes in three things that we're going to look at today. Number one, I believe, is pray right. Listen to what he says again. Do not be anxious about... In other words, don't worry, right? Now, that's easier said than done. (laughs) I mean, let's be honest. I mean, there are things that you go through in life, you're like, oh my gosh, where the heck is this? Where's, where's the money going to come to pay for this? What's going to happen to this person? What, what am I going to do in my relationship with my wife or my boyfriend or my husband or things like that? I'm, I'm having problems at home with my kids. These are all things we begin to worry about. Maybe, maybe it's retirement. I don't know if I have enough money to retire. I don't know if I'm going to have enough. What happens if Social Security disappears? What happens if the world goes to hell in a handbasket? What happens if we have a civil war? Those are all things that start running through people's minds that people start to worry about. And he says, don't be anxious or don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition. And I want to lay a couple things out just as we dig into this to understand. He says, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. So that's the first thing. If I pray right, I pray about... See, here's the reality that most of us do. When it comes to prayer, we pray about big things, and then we just neglect the small things. We pray about the big things, and then we just go through the motion with the small things. But that's not what Paul says. He says, don't be anxious or don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. So I pray right. I have to have a right prayer life. I have to have a right attitude when I go to pray. See, we pray about the big things. We neglect the small things. But listen to what he says. The peace of God stands guard. It literally carries this idea that the peace of God is standing guard at the right and the left of your mind and your heart, the mind, the very thing that creates your thoughts, and the heart, the very thing that pushes you in the direction you go. See, prayer is a general word for making your request known to God, for having a conversation with God. It carries this idea of adoration, devotion, and worship. When was the last time you spent some time in prayer just adoring and and, and admiring who God is? Worshiping Him. Matter of fact, I would say this tomorrow. Maybe you have tomorrow off. Maybe you're going to go out and you're going to watch the solar eclipse. Maybe you're, uh, if we don't have our cloud cover that they're now saying we're going to have, all right? But in the midst of that, don't get so caught up in it that you neglect to worship God and who he is. Prayer is simple worship of God. It's communicating with him. And so he says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer. In other words, my worship of who God is, I carry that out. I let it go. Whenever we find ourselves worrying, we need to get alone with God and worship. You adore God first. 
Acknowledge God first for who he is and what he's done. Thanking him for what he's given you. But then he says this, by petition. So by prayer and petition. You know what petition means, right? It's this supplication idea. In other words, it's sharing our needs and our problems. So I go to God and I worship him first and foremost through prayer. Then I'm going to share my needs and my problems. Key thing there being needs. A lot of times we pray about our wants. But he says, don't worry about anything. But pray about everything. Prayer with petition. And then listen to what he says also. With thanksgiving. Present your request to God. Are you thankful for what you already have? Are you thankful for the situation God maybe has placed you in? Are you thankful for what he has offered and the opportunities that come up as a result of what you have gone through? Even the decisions you've made in the past, you realize you could be thankful about that? That's the one thing I will say. Don't forget your past. Don't forget your past. Do you want to know why? Because God uses your past experiences in your life, even the screw-ups and the mess-ups, God wants to use those to communicate the truth of the gospel to everybody else you're going to come into contact with. So if your life was a wreck, a shambles, a messed up because of what you did in the past, guess what? God says, I want to redeem that. I want to make it right. Don't forget, my, don't forget your past. Don't dwell in the past, but don't forget your past. See, that's usually what ends up happening. We do one of two things. Oh, I'm going to dwell in the past because I was so bad in the past, I'm just going to stay bad. You don't dwell in the past, but you can't completely forget the past. Why? Because your past is who you are. It's who you used to be, I should say. And you can learn from that. And you can help others learn from that because God takes what is broken and makes it right. God takes what has been messed up and he makes it right. And so we learn from that. We can grow from that. So we're eager to ask oftentimes, but we're slow to appreciate. But listen again what he says. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And then here's what he says. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Get that, wrap that around your head. Because what we just said with our statement is, God's peace, not my perception, will guard my heart and mind. Listen to what he says again. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding. In other words, it overcomes the weakness you have in your heart and in your mind. The peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and it will guard your mind. You get that picture? When I pray right, God, through his, the power of his spirit, gives me a peace that overcomes any understanding that I may think I have, it will overcome my perception and it will guard my heart and it will guard my mind. So if I want to overcome worry, if I want to overcome anxiety and the things that come about as a result, if I want to not be pulled in different directions, guess what he says? You pray about it and in the midst of praying right, he's going to reveal it to you. Number two, here's what he says. What is, answer, what is God's answer for anxiety? Number two, I believe, is to think right. Here's, here's one of the biggest struggles I think we have in today's world. And, and I think it's been something that's been fairly consistent in the world throughout. But we surround ourselves with people and things that tell us what we like to hear. We don't go after truth. 
We surround ourselves in echo chambers and, and in all of these things that tell us exactly what we want to hear. Why? Because it makes us feel good. I mean, the reality is if you got a bunch of Chiefs fans together and brought one Broncos fan in, <laughs> somebody's going to be true and somebody's lying. I'm just, no, I'm just joking. All right? We like to surround ourselves with people who like to tell us what we want to hear. Right? That's usually the way the process works. I have a certain opinion about somebody, so I'm going to surround myself. Matter of fact, I'll use this example. I can't stand Tom Brady. I can't stand the Patriots. And I know, and all the Chiefs fans are like, heck yeah, that's right. All right? I've been around Patriots fans, and when I leave, I'm like, all right, they kind of got me convinced. Tom Brady's not too bad a guy. But the reality is, I like Tom Brady not being a good guy. So I surround myself with people who don't like Tom Brady. I listen to people. When somebody jumps on the Tom Brady bandwagon and starts telling me about how bad Tom Brady is, I'm like, you're darn right. And I go right on with them. The problem is, that's not necessarily the truth, is it? As much as Chiefs fans hate John Elway, you've got to admit he's one of the best NFL quarterbacks ever. And I would now say probably not the best because I would honestly lean towards Tom Brady being one of the best quarterbacks ever. And as painful as that kills my heart, it's the truth. I can't deny it. I may not like it, but it's the truth. We surround ourselves with people who like to tell us what we want to hear, but listen to what Paul says. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And I'm not talking about Tom Brady. Even though I use that as an example, I want you to think about this. Wrong thinking leads to wrong feeling. And before long, the heart and mind are pulling apart and we're strangled by worry. Matter of fact, Ralph Waldo Emerson, I had to look this quote up because I had heard it at one point, says this, sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a rabbit, reap, sow a rabbit. (laughs) Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. What you sow is what you reap. That's what you get out. If you sow bad things, bad character, bad thoughts, false information, you're going to get false things out. And he says, whatever is true. Now, I believe that this is one of those things that Paul's pointing back. Look at the founder of truth. Look at the reality of truth. Look at the foundation of truth. Jesus Christ is truth. That's literally what the Bible says. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Here's the reality of what's taking place. Whatever is true, think about those things. In other words, it's something that is not false. There's nothing false in it. The Holy Spirit controls our minds through truth, but the devil tries to control our minds through lies. That's what always happens. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's the father of lies. He is the one who misleads us and takes us down the wrong direction. Truth is the foundation upon which everything of God is built. See, the foundation of the enemy, though, is lies. So he says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, in other words, dignified or worthy of respect, think about those things. Think about God and his dignity and his worthiness and everything that goes on. See, there are many things that are not respectable, especially in today's world, and we must not focus our attention on dishonorable and unrespectful things and allow them to control our thoughts. But that's what we do. 
We focus on the negative. We focus on the bad things. We focus on the dishonorable things instead of focusing on what is noble. The second or the third thing, whatever is right. In other words, whatever is in line with God's standards. There's truth. There is nobility or worthiness. And then there is whatever is right. All of those things are building upon each other. Truth is the foundation. Noble is next. Whatever is right, in other words, in line with God's standards. Whatever is pure, in other words, undefiled, untainted moral purity. And here's one of the things. I'm just going to say this out there because I think this is one of the struggles the church has nowadays. This idea of moral purity has gone bye-bye. It's like, well, I can have my Jesus, but I can do whatever the heck I want to do. That's not the case. Matter of fact, Jesus should affect everything that you do from your politics to even literally, I'm going to say this, what you watch at times. Look, I've watched my fair share of rated R movies and I have seen it, but I'm telling you this and I know it from heart that what you put in is what you get out. I'll even say this. If you're a person who only watches one news station and I'm not going to throw out any news, I'm just going to say, if you only watch one news station, get a life. Because somewhere down there, there's some truth. You're hearing truth from people. And, and I'll be honest with you, right now, I, one of the greatest things about vacation, can I tell you this? Matter of fact, if some of you tried to get a hold of me, I left my room or my, my phone in the condo. Like when we left in the morning, phone stayed in the condo. I mean, I just, I was like, you know what? I don't care. I'm done. I'm on vacation. We did not watch TV. Matter of fact, the only TV that was watched was when our kids got up in the morning and went out in the living room and turned on cartoons. We didn't watch TV. Not a single lick of TV. Matter of fact, when we were driving back, this is going to be how bad it was. When we were driving back, we were so disconnected. We were coming back, and I, I looked at my wife, and I went, what's going on in Charlottesville? She's like, I don't know. And I'm like, Facebook's blowing up. All I know is we got to find out what's going on in Charlottesville because we were so disconnected from everything that's going on. And I'll be honest with you, I'm telling you, you need to unplug. If you watch news constantly, and look, I love Sports Center, but I don't even watch Sports Center anymore. You wanna know why? Because I get sick and tired of their opinions on everything. Just give me the freaking scores. I want highlights. Is that, is that too much to ask? I wanna see like dudes crashing in the wall, a receiver cutting across the middle, getting his head taken off, an unbelievable touchdown catch. I don't need you talking about Bryce Harper getting ejected and spending 25 minutes on why Bryce Harper got ejected and how he needs to change his attitude. I really don't need that. And what I'm telling you is this, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is right, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. We fill our minds with too much garbage. And we used to say this, matter of fact, my grandma used to say it, garbage in, garbage Whenever we spend so much time thinking on the wrong things, that's what starts to come out. And I'll even be honest with you. I stand for people's free speech, but I also know that there's a time when you have to stand up to people. And you have to call wrong, wrong. Now, I'll also say this. I do believe in America you have the right to express your opinion. As long as you don't lash out in that opinion, as long as you do not hurt somebody else, and we got to get in over this world where everybody is emotional roller coaster. 
Because you say anything nowadays, matter of fact, there's probably somebody offended because I said Brady was the best quarterback ever, all right? Okay, we got to get over this. But listen again to what he says. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So I live right. Right thinking is a result, and I, I stand by this wholeheartedly, right thinking is a result of daily reading and meditating on the word of God. See, God's peace, not my perception, will guard my heart and mind. How do I receive more of God's peace? I have to take in more of God's word. I have to spend time praying, praying in a right manner, going to him and adoring him for who he is, putting out my requests, letting him know my needs, and thanking him for what's going on. And then the last thing, if God's going to change, or if God's going to answer, or whatever, whatever God's answer is for my Anxiety, I believe, is this, to live right. And Paul says this, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Can you say that? Can your kids look at you and say, man, I want to live exactly like my mom and dad because they live the Bible out in front of me day in and day out. That's what Paul's saying. Paul helps plant this church. Paul has a special heart for this church at Philippi. But he's saying, whatever you have learned, in other words, don't forget what I said. Whatever you have received, in other words, what I've given you or heard from me, what I spoke to you or seen in me. And here's the reality of what takes place. And this is where the church has to begin to understand. It's more than just words. It's also actions. I can stand by and say I'm a believer in Christ, but if I don't live it out day in and day out, then my actions speak louder than words, and everybody else is going to be looking and going, wow, is that really the way Christians act? And that's one of my worries, honestly, of what takes place when people, especially what I'll call at times the far right, alt right, if they're going to use that white supremacy crap, and try and support it with scripture. Uh, like I said, I'm going to stand against violence, but that's just in need for a good swift kick in the tail. You know, dad should have brought the switch out from the tree and kind of, well, of course, dad probably fed into it. But listen to me. Christians live it out on a daily basis that we live out God's word day in and day out so others see Jesus in us. That's what Paul's saying. Whatever you learned, whatever you received, whatever you heard, or whatever you saw in me, put it into practice. That's what Paul's trying to get across. When you put it into practice, it's this idea that I am living the gospel out day in and day out. See, we must learn to receive the word, to hear the word, but also to do it. As a matter of fact, James says, don't be mere hearers of the word, but be doers of the word as well. You have to live it out. If you're not going to live it out, you might as well just shut your mouth. Because words mean nothing if you're not going to live it out. And so... Paul's laying that out to the Philippians. If you're worried, don't worry. Pray about everything. In the midst of praying about it and presenting your request and adoring God and giving him thanks for everything, start to fill your mind with things that are true, noble, right. You, you get the picture, right? 
This is a habit. If you want to not worry, you've got to start doing things in a certain way. I've got to pray so I don't worry, number one. Number two, I've got to take in the right things. I've got to think about the right things. Don't always think about pos- or negative. Think about positive. Matter of fact, if you're a person who leans towards pessimism, you've got to start taking your thoughts under control. Matter of fact, there's a, there's a verse in the Bible that says that I take every thought captive and I put it under the authority of God's word. So don't worry, but take your thoughts captive and think about what is true, whatever is right, whatever is noble, whatever is pure. Think about those things, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy, because here is the big picture, and I said it earlier, I want you to understand that God's peace, not my perception, will guard my heart and my mind. But listen, the peace of God and the God of peace will be with you and will influence your hearts. But here's the reality. You can't have the peace of God if you don't know God. If you've never come to a relationship with Jesus Christ, you don't know God. If you've never acknowledged Jesus as Lord and Savior, I mean the whole point of Jesus in the first place. You can have religion all you want, but Jesus came so that you could have a relationship with God. And there is no peace with God absence from Jesus. Jesus is the peace of God. Jesus is the wisdom of God. Jesus is the very wisdom that the world rejects that God says, that's what I used. And Jesus' death on the cross pays the price for man's sins. Remember, whatever is true, pays the price for man's sins. That sin has led us down a road that we cannot recover from. The only way that we are able to come to life and life more abundantly is because we recover through Christ, through the blood of Christ on the cross that we recover that we are made right, that we are redeemed. And the reality is this, in the midst of what's going on in the world today with the worry and the chaos, people need Jesus. Jesus changes the heart, Jesus changes the mind, Jesus changes the thought process and patterns of everybody else. So what's the answer to my anxiety? I've got to pray right. And I'll be honest, if you're not praying, start. Adoration or worship, very simple. Petition, I present my requests, my needs. And then thanks. Matter of fact, if maybe you've been around long enough, you've heard it before, the, the, the pray, the acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. I adore God for who he is. I confess my sins. I thank him for what he's done and I present my request, my supplication, my petitions. I pray right, I gotta think right and I would challenge you to begin to examine what you're putting into your mind. What are you allowing to influence you? What decisions are you needing to make and you're trying to make but you're listening to everything else? So I pray right, I think right. I got to live right. I live out what God has called me to do, to be obedient to Christ first. Let's pray. Well, God, we know 
that worry can be something that will freeze us in our tracks. The anxiety we carry because of decisions that we have to make at times or maybe the financial situation or burden we may be in. Maybe it's broken families, broken marriages, broken homes. Maybe it's abuse of some sort, whether it's a physical abuse or maybe there's addictions and things like that. God, we know that we can become worried. We can worry about those things that we don't want to go back to. But God, I thank you for the promise that the peace of God will guard my heart and my mind. But God, you also say that the God of peace will be with us through Christ Jesus. So God, I pray today that we as believers in Jesus, those who have put their faith and trust in Christ, can live with that, that God, your peace, the peace of God will guard our hearts and minds because you have something great in store for us. But God, we also pray that you, the God of peace, will be with us as we walk through the valleys and the mountaintops. Father, I know that this world at times can be overwhelming. I know that it can seem so hate-filled. I know that there are people who think they're doing right, but lashing out is not the answer. And God, I know that there are people who think they're right with supremacy and they realize, God, I pray that they would realize that that is not the case. There is nothing true about that. But God, I pray that we as individuals can be the change that we hope to see. Maybe that means going out to lunch with somebody that we've never gone out to lunch for, talking with somebody that we've never really wanted to talk to. Maybe it means just a simple act of service to show somebody, look, there may be others who treat you like trash, but I care for you. God, may we be people who stand in the gap who rely upon you, that we would not worry, but that we would pray right, that we would think right, God, that you would fill our minds, your spirit would fill our minds with things that are true and right and noble and just. And God, Matt, lastly, may we live your word out day in and day out. As we stand and sing, just a simple act right here to acknowledge God for who he is. If you've never put your faith and trust in Christ, I just simply want you where you're at you can do that here. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and you believe that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. But here's the next step. If you've done that, you've never acknowledged that before and you do that here today, I just simply want to talk with you. And so as we stand and sing, if you'd come forward, just talk with me. Let me, let me talk with you. We want to talk about kind of the next steps and process with that. But let's stand and sing. Let's, let's respond to God. Let's not... Let our worries overwhelm us, but let's turn our worries over to him. Would you do that? Yeah,